Listener Production. On today's edition of Footy Talk, Nick Rewalt joins us and gives us his thoughts on the Pies and Trent Cotchin's role in the Tigers team. He casts his eye over the new captains and we play Real Talk, Shit Talk and Nick Dacos keeping receipts. That's all to come on today's edition of Footy Talk. Hello and welcome to another edition of Footy Talk, where you get your daily dose of footy, all the latest news, interviews, analysis from the world of AFL with their own little spin. And every Tuesday this year, you will hear myself, Joe Montagna, with this man, Nick Rewalt from over in the States. How are you, Roo? Good, Lee. Good. Got some good feedback on last week's show. It was a nice start, so looking forward to it. Well, yeah, that's it. We've really hit the ground running. You guys uh, set the scene on the Monday, and then we just ran with it all week. Hey, uh, some games on the weekend. Must have been good to get out and call the footy again and get those vocal cords going. Yeah, it was, mate. I've been waiting for a long time. I said the other day, I've loved my kids and love being at home with them, but I'm happy to get out of the house now and get stuck back <laughs> into the footy and uh, and get back to work uh, full perfect. time because, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's ready to get into it. So looking forward to it. What about you over in the States? What's the setup in regards to AFL footy? Uh, there, is there any, is there, a, I'm sure there's not an AFL channel, but is there one of the stations that maybe plays a game a week or how are you going to watch the footy? You raise a good question, uh, and it's not one that I've actually it's not one that I've actually thought about until now. But I, I don't know. I don't know what the process is for for watching footy over here. Um, I assume I can just get Fox Footy. Is that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. Would you be able to? <laughs> oh, probably not. To I don't know. I think there's like a, there's a there's a Watch AFL app or something like that through the AFL website or Yeah, the something. AFL Live. There'll, yeah. there'll be something. No, AFL Live. Yeah. You're just going to have to pay a subscription, you tight ass. Or you're going to try and ask for it. <laughs> you're going to probably hit up Gil or someone at the AFL and ask to get it for free. Just sign there up. There has to be some sort of some sort of promo code. Just sign up and pay for it, mate. Hey, let's get into the news. There's always plenty happening. A bit of news from yesterday. Just a bit of tribunal stuff, first of all. Obviously, Trent Cotchin, Jordan Degoe and Braden Proust were all uh, sanctioned but avoided suspension for their um, indiscretions on the weekend. In particular, I want to touch on Trent Cotchin. That is now the 10th sanction in a row he's had where he's been just fined and not suspended. His last suspension was back in 2010. He missed four weeks. And there's a little bit of talk. If Koch is getting uh, or getting sanctioned and fined in pre-season games, what does that mean for the home and away season? Is it true you get a bit crankier as you get a bit older? And, you know, he's starting to just work his way out of the midfield. And is it true? Because I know you might have been one that got a little bit cranky as you got a bit older. Yeah. Well, look, Joey, speaking from personal experience, I, I, I think there's no question that you get grumpier as you get older. Um, you slow down a little bit. You, you're not quite as good as you once were. And, and the frustration said, oh, I remember having a game. It was a pre- it was exactly the same. It was a pre-season game. Yeah. And I think we were playing against, well, it was Tom Bug. And I found myself in a wrestle with Tom <laughs> Bug. And I was angry. And I was like, we were like, we were throwing little jumper punches at each other. And I had someone call me after the game and say, what are you doing? Mm. Like, what, what is, what's wrong with you? It's a practice game. Yeah. What are you getting so, and it is, you're right. Like, it just happens. Um, didn't happen to you. You, nah. you, you but you, you were never really involved in any sort of physical stuff. Not really. Uh, throughout your whole career. So it's probably a bit hard to judge, but no doubt, no doubt you get grumpier. And for Cochin to have gone 10 times in a row without getting rubbed out, it just shows you he, he must have amazing self-control to know exactly where the line is. Mm. 
or he's been a bit lucky. Or you reckon he's, or he's you reckon been a he's bit lucky. lucky. Maybe, maybe. You go <laughs> yeah, back to that. I, th- I think you're right. Yeah. But the that, 2017 grand final, we was lucky on that one. There you go. Spot on. Speaking and of lucky, lucky and talking about tying the line, I want to ask about big Braden Proust. There's a lot of talk about the GWS Giants Ruckman who – he really can't help himself. Every time he plays, he seems to get himself in hot yeah. water. Would you rather a Ruckman maybe cross the line a couple of times a year, throwing his weight around and having his presence felt, a bit like his mentor Shane Mumford, and miss weeks of footy? Or would you be saying as captain to your Ruckman, no, we need you to play every week. I want you to be physical, yeah. but you can't cross the line. Yeah. There's lucky and then there's stupid. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, you want your Ruckman to be physical, absolutely. But you don't want them to be dumb. Like, we're, the best ability is availability. Mm. And GWS would want him playing every week because he's really important to them. Now, I understand you want to walk in the shadow of, of Big Mummy and, and do what he did because you saw how it inspired the group. But, yep, be physical, but you don't have to be silly about it. Yeah. Now, talking about Trent Cochin, we're going to play Real Talk Shit Talk. That's going to be our regular Tuesday where we are just going to hit some of the some of the maybe headlines that are making news and uh, and see whether we agree with it and it's Real Talk or whether it's Shit Talk. I've got one for Trent Cochin, so that'll be after the break. But I want to touch on some more footy news. Paddy Lipinski, who had the terrific season for Collingwood last year, he has undergone shoulder surgery and will miss the first half of the year. I haven't got your thoughts yet on Collingwood yeah. this season because they are going to be – a fascination. We know they won nine games by less than two goals. You know, some people say it was a skill. Some say there's a bit of luck involved. Their percentage yeah. was only like 104. I mean, it was about one and a half percent above the Gold Coast Suns. Where do you see them sitting this year, Collingwood, in 2023? Gee, your radio craft has gotten good too. Teasing something in the second <laughs> segment halfway through the first. Steve, you, you bloody good at it. Thank you. Um, look, oh, I think Collingwood, that they'll revert. To, to the mean a little bit. I mean, you wouldn't expect them to win as many of the close games, but the facts are that they were in close games against the very best teams. So they were able to match it with the best. I think they, they played a style that really stood up. Um, and every year we speak about a side that sort of comes comes from the clouds and, and, and bobs up and plays really consistent footy. So, you know, whether they got there before their time or not, oh, I just think they were able to build a confidence that um, has been pretty difficult to shake until this point. So until we until we see it um, disappear, uh, which I can't see happening, I think Collingwood are, are going to continue to be a, a really difficult side to play against. They got some complementary pieces in in parts of the ground where they needed them. I think Mitchell will be um, ha- have a, a, a more clearly defined role yep. within within that midfield and will play to his strengths. McStay, we know, feels a need for them. So. Yeah, I expect them to be every bit as good. Their, their win-loss might not be as good, but they'll they'll be in the games. Yeah, it's fascinating. Even the, the, the momentum, the, the wave of momentum they carried for basically the whole year, whether that continues and rolls on to 2023 yeah. or whether it's that bit of first year yep. sugar hit that we've seen with some other coaches. Uh, it'll be interesting. No, I think it's real. It'll be interesting to see. Hey, we saw Tom Hawkins. He was on AFL 360 last night. He mentioned that he's still an outside chance to play round one. Should they be rushing Tom Hawkins back, or you think the Cats got the you know they've got Collingwood round one? It is a big game, but should they be playing the, the bit of the long game with Tom Hawkins? Oh, without doubt, yeah. and then they will. We know that. I mean, they they took the absolute hard line approach in a grand final uh, with their selection. Yeah. You know, leaving it up until the last minute, and um, they ended up making the uh, you know the the the, the long term or, or conservative call. So I think you know they they've got a proven track record of managing their guys really well. Um, Tom will be pushing. You know, they'll, they'll probably make him sit and 
Um, we won't be talking about it come the end of the year when they're there, when the whips are cracking again. It's a bit overhyped, isn't it, getting up for round one? I did it in it 20... Is. I it think is. I did it 2015. I, I had an arthroscope in one of the pre-season games. Thought I was right to rush back for round one. Was able to play, but then because I rushed back, I got bone bruising, missed the next four weeks, and in hindsight, I'm like, just had to wait one more week. Yeah. Round two makes no difference to, to round one. It doesn't. Um, and he just touched on also Tom Hawkins about the loss of Joel Selwood and what that's going to mean for the footy yeah. club. We've had some experience in our time playing with some legends of the club. We had Robert Harvey and, and Lenny Hayes and some other guys. What does it feel like from a player's perspective when such a big legacy piece of a, of a football club retires and he's no longer there? Look, this is not about Joel Selwood, but I think it's actually overrated. I think we overrate it because at the time when when you, you go through the emotional um, letdown of a player, particularly a player like Joel Selwood leaving a football club, you think, how are we ever going to replace him? Yeah. But then you show up around, you show up for the first day of preseason. They're not there. Yeah, it might feel a little bit funny. You look across at the locker, or you you know you might have sat next to them. Um, in the meeting room or something like that. But, gee, by, by the time round one rolls around, it, footy waits for no one, um, even someone as, as decorated and re- widely respected as Joel Selwood. So I, I, I don't think it will impact the group too significantly. They've got a lot of leadership within that team and within that football club. So they'll be just fine, the Cats. Yeah, you get forgotten about pretty quickly at footy clubs, but uh, no doubt Joel Selwood's legacy will live on forever. Hey, another one talking point. Uh, yesterday was Mark Robinson's top 50. I'm not sure whether you got you got the Herald Sun sent over in uh, over in Houston, but we had a look. We, we touched on it briefly, but um, first of all, Rowan Marshall, just quickly on the Saints, was the only Saint in there at 35. No Jack Sinclair, who was an All-Australian last year, and no Jack Steele, who's been a two-time All-Australian in the last three years. First of all, I'll ask about the Saints because we've spoken to so a couple of guys that didn't make um, Robbo's top 50. What is your take on, on this St Kilda list going into this season? Well, I've heard a little bit about, you know, Ross Lyon um, and the expectations this year on St Kilda and the fact that he's come in because uh, those within the club perceive the list to be better than they were performing. I think it's absolute rubbish. Uh, you know, I don't think this is a talented list at all. Probably a bottom four list in terms of the actual talent on the list. So this, I don't expect them to shoot up the ladder at all this year. I think this is going to be a, a year of setting expectations and understanding what it, what it takes. And Ross Lyons, the best man to, to be in the job doing that. Um, so yeah, look, not, not surprised to only see one player in, in the top 50. Yeah, Steele and Sinclair would be stiff, but there's some pretty stiff competition out there as well. And yeah, not, not, not huge expectations in terms of the performance because of the lack of talent, but I think what they will do this year is they'll start to win some games based solely on their effort because we know Ross Lyon teams, they always deliver on the effort side of things. And um, gee, Rob, he, lo- he loves his top 50, doesn't he? Like it's his, it's, it's his grand final, yeah. isn't it? What, what did you think of Kernow uh, at number one? No, I was a bit surprised about that. I was surprised the discrepancy between Charlie Kernow and Harry Mackay, to be fair. Kernow won Mackay 43. I think you could almost say you couldn't yeah. split those two from my perspective in regards to their importance. It's through the it's through the crystal ball, though. Yes. Like he's talking about at the end of the season, yeah. this is what we'll be saying. So oh, I think Kernow, it's a... It's a bold pick. Yeah. I mean, you could go conservative and you could put Petrarca there or Gorn there or, or, or whoever. But 
I mean, it, is it within the realms of possibility that Charlie Kerno is the best player in the comp? No. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I think it is. Yeah. I, I agree. What about you? You would have been one that kept a close eye. Do players take any interest in it? You would have been one that knew where Mike Sheen, yeah, back in our day, it was absolutely. Mike Sheen. You knew where Mike Sheen absolutely. put you? Absolutely. You, you just had a look? Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> you can still remember. Do you? can still remember. And, uh, well, you more remember the times where you were lower than when you, when you thought you should have oh, been. Uh, that, that, that's probably yeah. Yeah, a little Stung? chip on the shoulder. But uh, Yeah, a little bit. But it was all, always, I think the interest was always in the players that you compared yourself to. Right. So when, you know, you know, so the key forwards would compare with the key forwards and, you know, the half-backs, Joey would compare oh, with the half-backs. Half 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 if Pav, so if Pav or Johnny Brown or someone was ahead of Pav you. Or Brew, Pav or Brown, They were the yeah. couple? Pav or Brown, yeah, yeah, they were the two. Yeah, of course yeah. you did. Every, all the time. Did you ever ring yeah. Mike Sheen or did you ever see him and just have a little comment? Uh, no, mm. no. I just no, was I pumped. Didn't. I made it um, once. I remember getting in the, about 30 or something with Mike Sheen. And I was pumped. Oh, I thought, well thanks, done. Mike. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah, it's good. It's amazing the power they wield, those guys that do those lists. Yeah, well. Because the players, they all pay attention. Or maybe they overemphasize, and us in the media overemphasize what the players actually really do think. But we'll leave that for another time. Hey, we will take a little break because we are going to have a segment called Real Talk Shit Talk. Plenty flying around. I want to fire a few at you. Yeah. A couple from uh, our own within here at the uh, Footy Talk app. that had some big calls uh, during the week or last week. And well, a few the others time of the year as well. So stick with us. We'll be up after this. You're listening to Footy Talk. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or listen up, please hit the like button and leave us a review or a rating. New episodes every day at one. lunchtime. Good ratings only. You're listening to Footy Talk. You can follow us on the socials, Instagram at Footy Talk underscore pod or on TikTok at Footy Talk pod. Joey here with Rui every Tuesday. Rui, before we get our little segment of shit talk, real talk, I just want to uh, get you to cast your eye over nine new captains this year, which might be some sort of record if we delve into it. Some you know, some experienced captains, some younger captains. You were obviously a very young captain when you started and then ended up being one of the, the all-time great captains. Just give us a little view on on some of the new appointments this season. Um, a lot of co-captains too. Well, do you, uh, yeah, I don't know. Not a fan of the co-captains. What do you think? Um, I wouldn't have had an issue with it if you'd sort of got different personality traits mm. and can share the load. I mean, if we had Lenny and you as co-captains, I wouldn't have had an issue with it. Brought different things to the table. But um, let's start with the co-captains. So Luke McDonald, Jai Simpkin, yeah. maybe a bit of inexperience there, share the load. I don't mind that. I think that's that's well in terms of Jai Jai Simpkin, he's clearly the standout performer within that group. You you wonder behind the scenes in a situation like that. So Jai Simpkin clearly a, a great on field performer. Does he have the the confidence? Is he you know assertive enough within the group? Maybe that's why you turn to a Luke McDonald as as well to provide him with a little bit of support there. But I mean I I think this is really establishing a, a young core to be able to come through and take the group with them under, under Alistair Clarkson. So Luke McDonald, he's the glue. Apparently Luke McDonald internally is the glue between those younger yep. the younger players Ooh, and the senior players. You need the glue man. So I think they comp- You were a you were a glue man. That was that was your sort of role. I think the guys most under pressure of the, of the new guys coming in are Harris Andrews and Darcy Moore. Because I think when you when you look at the expectation of their football mm-hmm. clubs, Brisbane, it's never been higher for them. You can even argue their premiership years after they'd won the first one. I'm not sure we were ever talking about Brisbane as as um, positively as we are right now about the Lions with the acquisitions. I, the reason I say I think Andrews is under pressure as opposed to Lockie Neal is because of the fluctuation in, in Harris's body language at times. Yep. He, at times he looks sort of 
nonchalant in the way he goes about it, which could open him up to criticism as a leader of that football club. And then Darcy Moore with the expectation, the fact that it's such a big club, but the way that he plays, the way that he sort of plays his own game, plays off opponents, you know, almost looks like he freewheels at times. I think at times that's the sort of thing, at least externally, that can open you up to criticism. I love the way he, he presents himself and he, he leads um, off the field as well as on it. But uh, under pressure, I, the one I was really surprised at was Alex Pierce. I know you've got a, a, a sort of a, a good relationship with Fremantle, but I just thought for a guy with the role that he plays on the opposition best forwards and the fact that he's had such struggles with his body, to then lump the captaincy on top of that, it's it's a lot for a guy in, in his situation to carry his He'll handle that fine. Yeah, no, he's highly respected. He's now he's got his body to a great place now, so he's, he hasn't missed as much footy as previously. I think it's the right appointment. I think you let Andy Brayshaw and Caleb Sarong, who, by the way, I think are a lot closer in regards to who's the next captain than people just automatically assume yeah. would be Brayshaw. I don't mind giving them a few years as vice captains, develop their leadership skills, and then take the club forward from there. What about Zach Merritt? How do you see Zach Merritt at Essendon? Yeah, look, I, I think of all the new guys coming in, he's probably got the biggest role to play. We, we saw Dyson Heppel last year under the, the most extreme heat that a captain could possibly face because of their performance. New coach coming in. And, you know, I don't think expectation-wise there's there's huge expectation. I mean, Essendon have even sort of communicated that, but the the, the impatience of in, in this football club and, and externally on this football club uh, are pretty pretty strong and he's talked a pretty big game as well Zach Merritt off the field talking about I want to be the best defensive player well the, the second you don't show it the second you're caught jogging in a defensive clip you, you, you know the world's going to come for you so he's got a big role to play in terms of resetting expectations there for that football club and um, with, with, a, with a bunch of young guys I think they've got a lot of talent on that list that if they're nurtured and led the right way could be really special hey the appointment that I loved was Toby Green at the at the Giants, I think it's a brave call. I think it's a right call. Um, yeah, he he carries some warts with him, Toby, with some of the you know the the, the way that he plays and the off field stuff. But gee, the way he goes about it, I'm I'm not sure I've seen a team take on the the persona of their leader as the Giants did uh, last year when when Toby was captain of that football club. So, well, that was a really good call from Adam Kingsley in his first year as coach. All right, we'll leave it at that. We joked about Paddy Dangerfield, probably the least important decision. Oh, easiest, easiest. <laughs> easiest. <laughs> did, what, did, did Scotty just flip a coin or yeah. did he roll a dice? Or, yeah, it could have know, been any of them. He could have, he could have picked anyone. But, you know, the, the it's a legacy, it's a legacy piece. It's a legacy piece. Yep. And they, they, they want to go back to back. Don't yep. worry. Yep. Danger now wants that, yeah, to be the premiership captain. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the only, oh, thing, he probably, only thing he hasn't that's ticked off on, on, his, uh, on his resume. Hey, let's get into real talk, shit talk, some noise that's been banding around the last 24 hours. Let's get a, a quick little reaction. First one to you. Some bright spark in here yesterday suggested the Western Bulldogs can win the premiership in 2023. Yeah, that's real. Of course Good. it's real. Hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're loaded in the key position stocks. So if they decide to start defending in the back half a little bit better with, with some of the players they've got down there now, I, yeah, they've got the luxury now of being able to deploy some of those bigger guys in the back half, which was part of the game, which despite Luke Beveridge's denial all the time, they got monstered in. So if they fix that, for sure they can win the flag. Joey, I've got one for you. Will Ashcroft could have a better year in his first year than Nick Dacos? Ooh. Real talk or not? 
It's real talk. He could. I've got to be careful about what I say about Nick Dacos, though, because quick little story. Before or when they got drafted, the boys, last year, I'd watched a bit of the under-18 footy, and I went on Fox Footy on record and said that Jason Horn francis was daylight ahead of Nick Dacos at the time from what I'd seen at their junior levels. Now, obviously, I, obviously I got that wrong, and Nick Dacos hasn't forgotten. He's I've bumped into him oh, twice, wow. twice over summer. Good kid, love him. He's come up to me and oh, said, beauty. Joey, I was yeah. listening when you said Horn francis was head and shoulders above me or daylight See, I told you, ahead I of me. The top 50s. And he I goes, I oh, remember forget. that. And I said, hey, apologies, Nick. I got that one wrong. You certainly are a uh, little superstar. So I love him. So I've got to be careful. I don't think Ashcroft will have a better first year than Nick Dacos, but it is possible. So it is a real talk. Hey, I mentioned earlier See, way about to, way to sit on the fence, Trent really? Cotchin. Could, will that. Trent Cotchin be in Richmond's best 22 by the end of the year? I don't think he will. I don't think he will. Um <laughs> I think he'll still play. I think he'll still get picked, but I don't think he'll be in their best 22. I mean, moving to a half-forward line, which is where he's been playing in, in the preseason, it, the, the role's changed. You've got to be explosive. You've got to be fast, and you've got to apply forward pressure. Now, it's not because Trent Cochin doesn't want to do all those things because we know what a warrior he's been, but I just think that the, the, the speed and the demand on that position is going to be a little bit too much. Unless I can settle him in at, at half-back or something, I, I can see some of that, those younger guys going past him. Hey, uh, round one, Joey, would be more exciting if we hadn't had practice games. Uh, real talk. But I've, I've told you, I think practice games are a necessary evil. We have to play them. Players need to. Coaches Why? need to. You've got to. You, every sport in the world, you have a practice match before a home and away game. You need to. You've got to work out your match, your sort of your game style and get, see who's going to play, you know, all those things. So, no, I still think we need them. Oh, you have five months to figure it out. Nah. They're not against opposition, you know. Against yourself, it's not nah. as good. Controversial one for you. Uh, real talk, shit talk. The AFL are doing everything they can to prevent concussions. Shit talk. Not yet. You can't not. have the incident. No, not not yet. Not not yet. Because we we have incidents every year with with uh, the MRO where hits to the head um, are not policed in the way we're told they're going to be policed. And and already we've had a couple of incidents over the weekend where the same things occurred. So you know you can do all you want to mitigate against it, um, but until you start policing it properly, well then you can't say you're doing absolutely everything in your power. Another one from me: uh, suburban grounds. How good? Over the preseason, Joey, this is the one good thing about preseason games. To get back to the suburban grounds, we, the AFL should try to inc incorporate a game at every suburban ground at least once a year. Uh, no shit talk, Nick. No, I'm a progressive. What? I'm a progressive. I'm not a romantic traditionalist. We've moved past the suburban grounds. That's what preseason games are for. Go and play there. Moorabbin was awesome, but only 8,000 people. You could maybe get 10,000 in there. More people turn out now. Membership's never been higher. Everyone wants to go to the footy. You've got to play it at the big stadiums and the big grounds. I like the romanticism, Nick, but no, we've moved past that. Hey, that's all we've got time for. Thank you for your time again, Rui. We'll do it every Tuesday. Have a nice weekend. What's on tonight? What do you got going? Uh, actually, off to uh, the baseball tonight. We'll, um, keep, we'll keep track of Will's the baseball got team. Baseball. Oh, yeah, um, I'll give you updates. We'll Don't keep worry. track of that. Hey, if you have a question for us, get on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or TikTok at footytalkpod. Hope you've enjoyed today's edition of Footy Talk. We'll be back to do it all again tomorrow. Listener.